It is a blessing for us to be able to be back on Search the Scriptures today to open up God's Word and study from all of those rich truths that He has communicated to us therein with all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in to Search the Scriptures every day. We pray that this is a blessing for you in that you are realizing that you are learning the Bible and thereby you are actually becoming better equipped to make your decision as to what you're going to do with God's will communicated to us in his word. We want to help you be able to be well equipped to make your decision, and then your decision is going to be on your head. But God has given us his word to guide us as to the best life, and we want you to see that possibility of the best life through the gospel of Christ. It's my blessing to be able to share to you, with you today from God's Word along with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. It's certainly a great privilege and blessing in my life as well to be part of this program. And I would also like to welcome those listening to us. If you're a regular listener, we're certainly glad that you're doing that, that you're with us again today. And if you tune in just for the first time to search the Scriptures, we do pray that you'll find this a program where God's Word is held up as the ultimate authority for all things we do on a spiritual basis. And you know, I was thinking, Gary, how blessed we are as a people that God loves us enough that He didn't just leave us to kind of grope around in the dark, so to speak. He has given us His Word, which does contain clear instruction, clear guidance, absolutely unmistakable commandments in terms of what we need to do as individuals if we want our lives to be pleasing before him and ultimately share that home in heaven with him. He certainly has given us that information mm -hmm. right there in his word, readily and easily accessible yes. to us. You know, Dennis, in this country, we're so blessed with the availability of the Word. Mm -hmm. If a person doesn't have a Bible, almost without question, they can find somebody who will give them one for free. Yes. A church or an individual. Mm -hmm. And so it's right there for us. It is. You can buy one for a dollar in a lot of dollar stores, That's literally, right. entire Bible. Yes. Now, the type might be really tiny, but it, you've still got the Bible there. That's right. And so it's so readily accessible mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. And what a shame that so many people do not avail themselves of the opportunity to read it and learn from it and thereby take advantage of those teachings to change their lives. That's right. Yeah. We're talking about people who find themselves in a very desperate strait. Yes, we are. In this particular studies, study, a series of studies, we're asking the question, what if you found out that you had only 24 hours to live? Mm -hmm. Now, in our first section of the study, we asked the question in reference to somebody who realized they weren't a Christian. Yes. Never had become mm -hmm. a true New Testament Christian. Right. And then they found out they had 24 hours to live. Yes. In this particular study, we're putting a little different twist on it, we're saying, what about if you found out, maybe you'd been to the doctor's office, maybe something else came along, whatever the, the situation, you found out you had only 
24 hours left. Mm -hmm. And you had become a Christian, Mm -hmm. but then subsequently you'd become unfaithful in your Christianity. Yes. So you had come to Christ, but then you had walked away from Christ Mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. That is a very real situation in the lives of countless individuals. It really is. I cannot tell you, Dennis, how many, how many precious souls that I have known in all the years that I've been preaching who have done exactly that. Yes, yes, really tragic to think about all those people that we've known through the years in that situation. Somebody has suggested that in any given area, if you could find all of the unfaithful Christians, those who are not faithful Mm -hmm. any longer, and bring them back to the church, Mm -hmm. that the size of the congregation would double. Yeah, and that might be conservative. (laughs) I I suspect it would probably be closer to triple. Yeah, I think so. I think so. In most situations like that, the building would not be able to hold all the people. Yeah. What could shake people to their senses enough to get them to come back after they had walked away? Well, what we're talking about, this scenario. Mm-hmm. That's right. Something's been wrong with you. You've gone to the doctor. You sent you to a specialist. He's run the tests. You get the phone call from the doctor's nurse a few days later. She says, you have got only one day left. Mm-hmm. Now, none of us would want to get that kind of a phone call. And yet every one of us, as we face death, unless the Lord comes again first, and then we'll be facing judgment. Mm-hmm. But as we face death, every one of us will cross that particular timeline mm-hmm. when we have only 24 hours left. That's right. Now, most of us won't know when we do that. No. Because we're not privy to knowing exactly when we're going to die. But mm-hmm. what if you knew? What mm-hmm. if you knew, this is it. I've got only a day left. Now, we suggested some things you would not do on that day. Not go to work that right. day. Mm-hmm. You would not be washing the car or cutting the grass. No. Wouldn't be going hunting or fishing. Mm-mm. Wouldn't be worried about getting the laundry done or the ironing caught up. No. Forget going and getting a haircut or getting (laughs) your hair done. All those things would be trivial. That's right. Now, you're an unfaithful Christian. You've got now less than a day to go. Mm -hmm. You would not be thinking around, uh, sitting around thinking up excuses for not going to the next church service either. No, not at all. In fact, now you would, you'd give money. Yeah. To be able to be at a church service. Yes, there'd be an anxiousness. Oh, longing. Yes. I wish they were having services today. I want to be there. Yep. And you wouldn't be looking at all the excuse, all the all the hypocrites at the church as being an excuse for you're not being faithful yourself. And you wouldn't be mad at anybody anymore. No, that's right. You just be, in a very serious way, very profound, bottom line kind of way, 
wanting to use these last precious few hours to get your life right with the Lord again. That's right. And so you'd be looking for somebody to talk to, maybe mama, maybe your wife, maybe your husband, probably be looking for the preacher's phone number. That's right. Because as much as you wanted to stay away from him for the last (laughs) however many years, you'd want to talk to him now. Oh, yes. And you'd be doing some heavy praying, serious praying. Yes, indeed. For forgiveness. Right. Because you want to get your life right. Now, we looked at a couple of passages of Scripture as we closed the program yesterday. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, where the Apostle Paul paints an image of that final day of judgment. Yes, he does. When the Lord will come in flaming fire mm-hmm. with his mighty angels, right. taking vengeance on those who do not know God and mm-hmm. on those who have not obeyed the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's correct. And he says, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction Mm -hmm. from the presence of the Father and from the glory of his power. Right. Cut off from God Mm -hmm. for eternity. That's right. And that is that being cut off and being separated from God is described as everlasting destruction. Yes, it is. Horrible prospect. Oh, yes. And you know, as the unfaithful Christian, you're probably thinking, that's what I'm facing if I don't get things straightened out. Yes, that's exactly right. Exactly right. Those who have come to Christ should really have a good understanding and a good insight into that, I believe, Gary. They have been taught these things in initially coming to Christ and, you know, maybe, maybe bringing them to, re, to their remembrance would be enough to just, you know, jog them to the point that, yeah, I know what I have to do, and I have to do it now. Because, again, you know, maybe you've got less than a day left at yeah. this point. No, no more putting it off. You're out of time. That's it. You've got just a few hours to get your life back in order. Mm-hmm. In Matthew chapter 25, in verse 30, how does Jesus describe that eternal place of condemnation? Not a pretty picture. He said, And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Outer darkness. We've talked about that particular concept a number of times on this program. The idea of darkness that can be felt. It mm-hmm. is so intense, so mm-hmm. absolute. Mm-hmm. Now that's the place that we call hell. Yes. And really it goes along very well with what Paul described in Second Thessalonians 1, verses 7 through 9, where we're separated from the Lord and from his presence. Uh, We know from the book of Revelation that God and Christ are actually the source of light in heaven. There's no need for the sun because God and Christ are there. They provide the light. So it follows if we are cut off 
eternally from the presence of God and from the presence of Christ, it's going to be a place of absolute, ultimate, utter darkness. Absence of glory. Yes. Because their glory is going to be in heaven. Right. And you're somewhere else. Yes. Now, in Luke chapter 16 and verse 24, we see another description of that. In this case, it's the the uh, text dealing with the rich man mm-hmm. and Lazarus. Right. Lazarus has died and he mm-hmm. has now in Abraham's bosom the comfort mm-hmm. of being in a saved condition. Right. And the rich man is lost, isn't he? He is. How does Very that read so. there? Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So, as we read in Matthew 25 and verse 30, it is a place of outer darkness, of weeping, of gnashing of teeth, and that is the idea of being in agony, the weeping, the gnashing of teeth, grinding the teeth, being, being in, in torment. And here it is described exactly that way in Luke chapter 16 and verse 24, because the rich man is in torment. He says, I'm tormented in this flame. And he conceives that even sending Lazarus and letting him just tip, uh, dip his finger in some water and touch it to his tongue will bring him some relief. Yes. Now that's agony. Oh. None of us have ever experienced that kind of agony. No, not even close. And yet, if you're not ready to meet your Lord, if you're a Christian who has slipped back into unfaithfulness, these passages are not there just to fill up space on a page. No, they're not. They're there for you. Mm-hmm. That's what you could be facing because you've got less than a day to go and you're not right with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Your spiritual life is in disorder. You have been unfaithful. You've turned away from your Lord. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22, what do we read there? For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than, having known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. For the person who has never become a Christian, his eternal lot is condemnation, being cut off from the presence of God, that torment again. Yes. The agony of being lost forever. Mm -hmm. Somehow, for you who have become Christians and then gone back into unfaithfulness, Peter says it's going to be worse. Yes, he does. Hard for us to imagine how it could be worse than the lot of the one who has never become a Christian to begin with, but Peter says it's going to be worse for you. Mm -hmm. And he 
uses some really repulsive yeah. illustrations. A dog who has been made sick and then vomits and then goes and eats up what he has vomited. I know that's a horrible kind of thing to be talking about, but that's what Peter uses by mm-hmm. inspiration to try to get across to you how horrible it is what you have done mm-hmm. in going back into unfaithfulness. Yes. And really? Now you've got less than a day. Yeah, yeah. Really, really graphic, you know, and a, a picture there, Gary, that I think any of Peter's readers, even at the time he wrote these letters or now, can certainly identify with very easily and very readily. And as you say, recognize how disgusting that really is. Oh, really is. In Romans chapter 6, verses 22 and 23, it talks about having been set free from sin. Mm -hmm. How does Paul write that there? But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a blessing to be able to read verse 22 there. Oh, yes. You have been set free from sin, Mm -hmm. and you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. Yes. In becoming a Christian, that's what you had. Mm -hmm. But then you went back into sin, and so verse 23 says the wages of sin is death. You threw away all of that blessing. Mm-hmm. of eternal right. life That's right. to go back into sin. Yes. And you know, I wonder, Gary, if that somehow plays into what we read just a few moments ago in Second Peter regarding the fact that he said it's going to be worse for those who have known the way of righteousness and then have turned away from it. I wonder if he's talking about, at least in part, the fact that For all eternity, unending, people are going to realize, you know what? I had heaven within my grasp, and I let it go. Threw it away. Yes. How foolish, how foolish. And then to live with that realization again throughout all eternity. Yes. That might be what Peter's talking about. It could That's be part of it. Certainly yes. could be part yes. of it. Now, what about 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 3 and 4? There we're told, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Another one of those rather graphic, certainly emphatic passages that should give the faithful Christian assurance and comfort and peace. Well, you've, you've come to an inheritance that is incorruptible, that is undefiled, does not fade away. It is there for you reserved in heaven. What a great picture that is. <gasps> My, that 
it's just it just sends chills up and down your spine to think about that but then for the person who has turned away from that mm. they became a christian they lived the life for a while mm-hmm. but they went back into sin you've lost all that that picture is chilling in a very different way oh what you've given up and yes. what did you give it up for yeah the fleeting pleasures of sin in second peter chapter 1 and how about reading verses 2 3 and 4 grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In Christianity, in coming to Christ, you were given exceedingly great and precious promises. Mm-hmm that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature. You escaped the corruption that is in the world. That's right. You were granted salvation. Yes. Eternal life. Now again, you turned your back on all of that. That's right. You went back into sin, the wages of which is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. You walked away from that divine nature. You walked away from those exceedingly great and precious promises. You threw them back in God's face because you went back into sin. Yes. After having become a Christian. How foolish. How tragic. Very much so. How needless. And you've only got 24 hours to live. Think about that. And let's finish this particular part of our study next time.